Hello and welcome to the D2C Podcast. I'm Eric Dick. Today I chat with the one and only Fiona Kochan, founder and CEO of Youthphoria, makeup you can sleep in. Fiona started Youthphoria out of boredom at the very beginning of the pandemic with one key idea. Makeup should be an extension of skincare rather than a petroleum-fueled irritant. In this podcast, Fiona outlines her unconventional TikTok Amazon one-two punch distribution strategy, as well as detailing her role as both leader and creator for almost all of Youthphoria social media video content. You'll hear why organic traffic fully drives the bus for Euphoria and how TikTok ads actually negatively impacted their organic scale, why you need to optimize your organic content as well as your ad content, how Euphoria has kept their team teeny tiny while scaling in their first two years, and why Fiona's new product might just change the game for both women and men, myself included. Hope you enjoy it. On with the show. Good lighting is everything. If you can get good daylight lighting, that's always going to perform better. You can think about your content in terms of, will the algorithm like this? And you can do certain things to the content to encourage that. So for TikTok, it is watch time. It is people watching it more than once. It is people commenting. It it is people sharing. You can drive a lot of organic growth just from knowing what levers TikTok likes to assign to each content piece. The other piece for TikTok is they love consistency. So posting consistently, even if that piece of content, maybe it doesn't perform, it's going to drive views for your other better performing pieces of content. I have content that's still getting hundreds of thousands of views on a weekly basis, and I probably created that like two months ago. Hey, retailers, ever feel like your shopper experience feels just like everyone else's? That's probably because it does, and it shouldn't. Bluecore matches online shoppers with the products they'll buy next across channels like email, on-site, paid media, social, and SMS. With Bluecore's retail data and predictive intelligence, brands automate personalized content, offers, and recommendations for each individual shopper, enabling brands like Noble to increase conversions by 15% and drive a 46% increase in repeat buyers. Visit Bluecore.com to discover why brands like Noble, Express, and Bliss chose Bluecore to automate and scale their multi-channel personalization. Fiona, welcome to the D2C podcast. I just wanted to start with the big why of Euphoria. Why did you start Euphoria? I started Euphoria literally the first week of COVID, and I think it was the inability to go out and see people that I really realized that for me, makeup is about going out, having fun with your friends. I'm getting ready because I know I'm going to go out and see people. And I am someone who literally all it takes is one sip of wine and I'm falling asleep in my makeup. I've experienced so many times where I would fall asleep in my makeup, wake up with, I don't know, a skin reaction. I've gone to the hospital a couple of times because of this. And every time I slept in my makeup, I felt guilty or I was afraid. So I really wanted to make makeup products that if I fell asleep in it, it's fine. You know, I wanted makeup that I could see act as an extension of skincare. And I just couldn't find this in the market. Because of COVID, I think I just focused a lot of my efforts and energy into building the brand. And, you know, for some reason, it just resonated. I think a lot of people, you know, fall asleep in their makeup, just like me. I just think about Euphoria, you know, the makeup you can sleep in as sort of a, an encapsulation. And that's sort of like a superpower, like just with the, the with the way you have the, the brand position in terms of the market Euphoria with the idea of euphoria, with the idea of a party, then the idea that, you know, you can sleep in your makeup and not, uh, it just, it just captures such a nice idea. And I bet that's been a big part of the success of the brand. Would you agree? 
Yeah, for for us, I always wanted euphoria to kind of encapsulate an emotion. For me, I always thought of this emotion where it's kind of like when you're in these happy moments in your you know adult life, in your you know every time you're with friends you like or you're at a party, you get reminded of your favorite childhood memories. And this is something I've experienced. I know other people have experienced this, and there wasn't quite a name for me. I really wanted to put that excitement, that kind of nostalgic, happy emotion into our products. So a lot of our products. There's something that's unexpected and exciting about them. I just remember the first time I ever got to buy makeup. I mean, I must have been begging my mom from when I was four years old, and maybe when I was ten, I was finally able to buy makeup. I was so excited. And in in the cosmetics industry, there hasn't been a ton of releases lately that have been very exciting. So with all of our products, I always try to think of that emotion, and that does drive a lot of my product development. I wanted to ask, what's the age sort of ideal customer for? Uh, euphoria. We have a lot of Gen Z customers and millennial customers. I would say the bulk of our customers are cuspers, so people who maybe they think I'm not really Gen Z, or maybe they think am I really millennial?、Um, but it's kind of in that、um, mix, mix. So kind of like that mid twenties. I I wonder too. So I have a, I have an eight year old, and she's she already loves to you know to pretend and put makeup. Like Gen Alpha won't be too far behind. I was just googling like what my daughter will be. She's Gen Alpha. Do you have parents who buy, or is it almost always the person? Do you have parents buying for teens or things like that? Yeah, we definitely do.、Uh, what ends up happening that's really funny is、um, we have a lot of younger customers. I want to say that they're in high school and they don't have their own credit cards, and then their moms will buy for them.、Um, but our best-selling product is this color-changing blush oil, and there isn't anything that's quite like that on the market. What's really cool about this product is if I wear it and someone else wears it, it's a slightly different color. So there's this really fun shareable component about this, and a lot of our younger customers will, you know, have their mom. Try it, and then their moms will fall in love with the product because, for me, the way I like to formulate is I always think about my mom's feedback in mind. I'm always like, can she use this product? And obviously, she her skin's very different than mine,、um, so it's actually a great formula for our older customers. And then what ends up happening, and this happened a lot over holiday, is that we have like a customer base of you know it's a very small percentage of our customers, but they get discovered from their younger、um, family members, and then they're like. I don't know. They're like grandmas, or they're like older, and they just love the product. I wanted to ask about the first time that you went viral. How did you know you really had a hit with、uh, with Euphoria? It was always my intention to go viral on TikTok.、Um, a lot of our early packaging decisions were intended with, like, I wanted things that were colorful so that it would pop on screen. I was always thinking about how would this look on video versus static imagery.、Um, and I remember the first time a customer posted about us on TikTok. Like, we could see a traffic spike, and you know, I was like, where, where is this coming from? After that, I went on TikTok. I want to say my third video that I made、uh, went pretty viral, and all I did was compare our formula to another format of blush. I knew that our formula was really nice and it had a really cool effect that was very visual, and I just, you know, let the the product speak for itself. Now, when I watch that video, I'm thinking this isn't the best piece of content that I've ever made.、Um, but it was just really interesting. After that, you know, I slowly developed a process where I'm posting consistently. There is a little method to the madness of going viral every so often. Yeah, the consistency I think is the key part. And even though you're not thrilled with the first piece you created, all that matters is that you've created since then in a lot of ways, right? Because even when you do go viral, it's short lived, 
And you need to continually have strategies uh, for doing that. I wanted to get a little bit of the product itself. What actually makes the makeup uh, better for your skin in order to be able to sleep in it, for instance, versus, you know, the makeup that you'd buy at the mall? So a lot of, um, and just just in terms of cosmetics, there are skincare bases for formulas, and then there are makeup bases for formulas. A lot of our products actually use a skincare base, and then we try to adjust the texture so that it can perform like makeup. For us, that means we don't use a lot of ingredients that either are not that great for your skin, or there's um, common ingredients in makeup that don't even biodegrade. So you can think about what does that mean on your skin if it doesn't wash off? Um, So this is just something that we think about. And then for us, we don't use any Uh, ingredients that are made out of fossil fuels because for me it was just something that I cared a lot about but what I found is that it always has this additional skincare benefit you know I like to think of this as when you choose a fossil fuel based ingredient it's kind of like choosing empty calories why not just replace it with something where I know there is antioxidant effects or you know it's going to hydrate my skin like where it's kind of doing this uh, double duty benefit for your skin. So give me an example of something that's used instead of a petroleum product, something like, you know, a coconut-based oil versus a petroleum product. So in cosmetics, most of the solvents, and solvents is just something that you, you know, uh, put solid uh, ingredients into like a liquid. The most common ones is like PEG. Um, There's other options. We use something called butylene glycol in a lot of our products, and that can come from uh, fossil fuels or a plant. And it's for us, it's very simple sourcing of just choose the ingredient that comes from a plant. I mean, it's entirely chemically possible to make things made entirely from plants. It's just, you know, it requires more sourcing on our end. What, what is your sort of breakdown in terms of organic versus paid on the growth side of Euphoria? In terms of traffic, I would say that we are mostly organic. I think only 13% of our traffic is from paid efforts. And our organic traffic is a mix from like Instagram referral, organic search, and direct to our website. And in terms of revenue, I would say over 90% of our revenue comes from organic. And what has been the, re- I think you alluded to it earlier, but the recipe for consistently driving organic traffic has been sort of just great presence on the social media platforms like like TikTok, like Reels, all, all these kinds of things? Yeah, organic video just as a whole is a bulk of our growth. And that's a mix between Reels and TikTok. I think what we found was, I mean, we launched our business in April 21. And iOS changes happened a month after that. So we never really experienced what life pre-iOS changes was like. And for us, it was just Um, It just happened pretty easily for us. And then it became something where I started really looking at how many views can I actually control with my own organic content. So it's something I think about, like just making sure that I'm producing enough to get the eyeballs. And probably building a formula over time for how to actually build ones that that sell. I think that's the, like TikTok, you know, everyone's waking up to TikTok and and how how much, you know, on the ad side, you know, I usually speak from things from the, on the ad side and the cost there are so much lower than on Facebook, but organically, it's just this gold mine. Um, so how much traffic comes from your efforts that you're creating as, as a main creator versus external creators? I would say a bulk of our traffic comes from me personally. And something that we tested early on is we tried to have videos that I don't produce um, on our TikTok. And I think the way TikTok works is if they recognize that your account has one piece of content, you just consistently put out that same type of content. Um, So we've tested it you know, both ways. We've also tested paid TikTok, but that really impacted our organic views. So, I mean, now, for TikTok as a channel, we do really rely on just organic and me consistently producing content. Do you love producing content? 
Yeah, I do. It's it's a it's something where even now I will block out my calendar for golden hour to make sure that I can get content during good sunlight, things like that. Into the mechanics of that a little bit. Is it into like exactly, you know, the camera angles, it's into the script, it's into where the call to action is, how the call to action is. What does that look like? Yeah, for me, you know, good lighting is everything. If you can get good daylight lighting, that's always going to perform better. You can also think about your content in terms of, will the algorithm like this? And you can do certain things to the content to encourage that. So for TikTok, it is watch time. It is people watching it more than once. It is people commenting. It it is people sharing. You can drive a lot of organic growth and organic views just from knowing what levers TikTok likes to um, assign to each content piece. The other piece for TikTok is they love consistency. So posting consistently, even if that piece of content, maybe it doesn't perform, it's going to drive views for your other better performing pieces of content. I have content that's still getting hundreds of thousands of views on a weekly basis, and I probably created that like two months ago. Yeah, like you have the formula so dialed and so distilled it's going to be interesting to see like so many other brands I talked to, they're, they're building, they're doing a podcast, they're doing this, they're doing these other ways of just sort of like providing, but you have it, it's just like you have the channel perfectly distilled of people who trust you, people who like watching your content, and then people who buy. It's like you don't need to get too fancy with it. Yeah, for me, the way I like to think about it, because I have to produce so much content is what can I quickly produce reliably? I think, and I think it's very different for everyone. Um, like the, the myself content, I don't think... You know, if it, if that's not natural to to you, like I wouldn't suggest it. But it's just finding something that you can be very consistent about, and TikTok is something that rewards consistency. So uh, it's 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 nice to be on a platform that rewards that instead of just every piece of content has to perform. Amazing. What do you do for sounds? Are you adding sounds in the background? Are you are you adding custom music? How does how do the sounds work? Yeah, I love to use trending sounds. Um, sometimes. There are weeks where sounds aren't that good, and those are tough weeks. But sounds, I, I do think it makes an impact. I also test without sounds. Some of those videos also do well. It's kind of a mix, um, but you know, I will try anything and everything. I will even test out some of our messaging as if you would do it like from a Facebook ad perspective. Okay, so let's get into Black Friday in 2021. In, in a brand that is that is that is organic and has consistent organic growth. Uh, what does Black Friday, Cyber Monday look like? Was it a big deal? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, a lot more growth than our normal just time of the year. But November was a pretty big month for us. We were going into Amazon. We were in um, new retail accounts. So I just, I think like across, just across all of our channels, it was a pretty big month for us. Ready to scale your customer acquisition with creators? Meet Incense, a creator marketing platform helping brands scale using authentic, mobile-first videos and images from a vetted network of influential content creators. For an extra spark in your ad performance, check out Incense's one-click influencer whitelisting solution so your ads look like they're coming directly from an influencer. Sign up now and get $400 on your balance to work with creators at incense.pro. That's www.incense.pro. Describe your Amazon experience and deciding to, to jump on there. I am a shopper who buys almost 90% of everything in my household from Amazon. So the decision to go onto Amazon was a no-brainer for me. I think sometimes it's, um, at least in beauty, you know, some, some other founders, they might be hesitant. But for me, I just thought about, where do I buy all my beauty? I buy so much of that on Amazon, and I love the convenience factor of it. It was um, a decision where I was like, well, 
you know, if it's last minute shoppers, people will get their products in time. Um, I made a TikTok where uh, I have a series that's just very, you know, it's not direct call to actions, but it's very like YGK makeup trends. And I, I did a very roundabout way of saying we're on Amazon. Um, that video went, it, went, it didn't go super viral, but it did get a couple hundred thousand views. That sold out our inventory in like five days. And then we were in November, you know, our first month on Amazon, we were just like, how do we get inventory checked in? And Amazon has, they they were just so backed up. It was, uh, it wasn't the most fun experience. We haven't been able to scale it yet just because we've organically been selling out of our inventory there. Amazing. That's, uh, that's a great, so, and, and really like, did you put a, a ton of forethought and effort into your listing and how you built it? Like how, uh, or was it really just the demand was there and, and you drove it with TikTok? The demand was there. I mean, we could see the search terms were, you know, the search was pre- always pretty good on Amazon. Um, I've always just kind of wanted to put our products on Amazon. So we were lucky in that we didn't have to really grow that channel. It's just kind of been working for us. That is always nice to have in your back pocket. And every Ditas, it's it's interesting. I, I haven't uh, interviewed people, I think, in, in the makeup space or as many people in the makeup space. And so knowing that there is that a little bit of a stigma, because I guess you're trying to, you, this idea of beauty, you're trying to convey a really personalized brand experience or something that you couldn't possibly get on Amazon. But that's really, in reality, not the way people think about it in, in most cases. Yeah, and I think it's a lot better now. I mean, you can do A-plus content. You can really have that branded experience, but with the convenience of Amazon checkout and Amazon delivery. How important are product launches uh, to your brand and how do you maximize their success? We haven't done a product launch yet. We are about to do one in 24 hours. So I will <laughs> let you know and I'll let you know by the end of the week. Um, but I think typically, I'm, I mean, I'm excited to launch more products. What's been great about our TikTok community is people just comment, I'm, I'm ready for you to launch this. I'm ready for you to launch that. But, you know, I think there is an appetite for our audience uh, to receive you know, new products. They, you know, I talk a lot about my formulation philosophy, how I do product development. And it's it's great to have that build up over a couple of months as we're launching a new product. Can you talk a little bit about the process of launching your, your you know, you've had this amazing base uh, with, with what you launched with. Now you're launching your first product. What, what, describe that process. Like how long has this been in the making? Like since you started? I've been working on this product, I want to say over a year. And I've been teasing it out slightly. Um, people, I think some people were already able to guess what it was just because, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't really like to do the two days before something new is coming and then just saying what it is. I do like to just say, here was my entire process of launching the product. So for this product launch, we started um, pretty much telling people what it was on TikTok about three weeks before launch. I think people don't typically do this, but for me, I just like to... I like to talk to our audience this way. Um, for me, it also allows me to test messaging. This product is like just jam packed with all these different benefits, and so what it's a is great. It? What's the product? So it's a daily protective primer. Um, funnily enough, I've realized that it's a great product for men because the way that this works um, is that typically most primers, what they do is they just it it helps protect your makeup um, from slipping and it's supposed to help your makeup last longer. But what I wanted to do with this product is I wanted to um, make something that protected your skin from you know harmful makeup ingredients. I used to go to the hospital so many times from like allergic reactions to makeup. And I added this ingredient that stops your skin's histamine response. So all that redness and inflammation, if you're allergic to anything, it just stops that. So a lot of men have been using this because, you know, men can't, they, they can't look like they wear makeup. So a lot of celebrity makeup artists are using it on men. 
and it also helps seal in the moisture of your skin. It's just one of these multi-purpose products that just do a lot of different things. Also protects against blue light. It um, controls sebum. It's, uh, what else does it do? Helps your skin retain its moisture and hydrates it and has a ton of antioxidant effects. So, I mean, this is something where I started making TikToks that was just like, you guys are complaining that I talk too fast, but this, this product has so many benefits. And I just, you know, put it on the screen and that's been doing really well for us. So it's all t like TikTok becomes this a major distribution channel where, you know, it just minimizes a lot of the effort. Like how big is your team? Can I ask? It's tiny. I mean, I have three other people, um, two people in marketing, one on customer service, and we kind of just do it all. Um, with TikToks, it's, it's pretty easy for me to just produce content. If I'm lazy, I will just do something that takes me 20 minutes to do. And a lot of those pieces of content end up doing really well. So anything else that goes into this product? So basically, like when you launch the product now, you're just going to announce it fully on TikTok. It, by the way, when this releases, it will be available. So everyone, if you're if you're listening, uh, go go check this out, men and women. I guess my next question would be as as CEO in this small team, you're uh, yeah, I was going to ask you what you're most focused on, but you are really most focused on this entire sort of crystallized marketing process that you have. Like, and there's no, there's not a big, you know, TikTok as a platform is is just getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, TikTok, or just not even just TikTok. I mean, just the idea of organic social video. So Reels has also been great for us. I just call them TikToks because it's where I produce the content. And then we syndicate it out to uh, mostly Instagram Reels because it has a great audience there. We've tried Shorts. And Shorts is interesting because it's in countries where TikTok is banned, like India. That's where they go to watch. Um, that's where they go to watch shorts. So it hasn't been a huge growth channel for us because we'll get some of that international traffic. Um, but yeah, just between TikTok and Instagram Reels, it's been it's been huge for us. How big is international in the business? That's a great question. I would say that in the beginning, thirty five percent of our traffic came internationally, and almost within two weeks, I was looking for an inter international solution because. When you're on TikTok, I mean, the algorithm can just sometimes take you to places you did not expect. Um, but in terms of our actual D2C revenues, I would say that 90% of our revenues are domestic. It's, it's awesome that it's, it is a brand that could that can grow around the world. What, what are your goals for Euphoria? What like how, how big like how big is the makeup market in total? Actually, it's just must be huge. I honestly have no idea, but I do know... I'm just going to look it up right now. I do know that um, when I started the product or I started the brand, I was looking for things that I just liked. And I love luxury makeup. I love luxury textures. But it's not meant for sensitive skin. And there's nothing that you can sleep in. It's just such a taboo. And I just thought I couldn't be the only one. So I think in terms of what we're trying to do... Um, you know, I think there is a huge need and there isn't a lot of competition, um, even in the clean makeup space. There's a few brands, but there's not enough There's not enough competition, in my opinion. Just as a co consumer, I wish there were more products. And it's very rare for anyone to say, like, we need more makeup products. But things that are true alternatives, I think, too, right? Like, there's you. there's a lot of products that will be, you know, not clearly differentiated. And yours really seem to be. I haven't tried them myself, but yeah. that really seems like you've done well. I will send you the primer. You will, you will love Please, it. Please, I need um, it. Just because, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was talking to, to to men this morning. They were like, you know, this is a great product for men. And I, you know, didn't expect that. So I'll send that to you this morning. Amazing. The uh, global cosmetics market is about $400 billion, by the way. So 
uh, you, so, so keep dreaming big. Do you like, that's the one thing I really think about for your brand is just other partnerships. First of all, you need, you need a male influencer. Now you need a, you know, you need to bring someone on to, to demo the potentially the, the male side of things. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. Like what are your, do, do you have thoughts about the kinds of, uh, other, other sort of, uh, you know, influencers you'd, you'd want to work with? I like to work with influencers that just have like an authentic relationship to their audience. There's not a ton, um, where, you know, People just really trust everything that they're saying or, you know, they really follow along their journey. Um, but I'm not really prescriptive in terms of what types of influencers we work with. I just look for that, like, authentic connection. Do you think the team will grow much in the next few years or will you try to keep it really, really lean? I would definitely want to grow the team. I think at this point there are a lot of parts of um, what I do on a day-to-day basis that I can outsource and bring on, you know, better professionals for me. (laughs) Honestly, I wing so much of it and I'm like, I think it could be done better by someone else who knows what they're doing. So send it out into the universe. If you're listening out there and you want to, you want to work on Youthphoria, go talk to Fiona. I wanted to ask you, you said something earlier. I wanted to drill in a little deeper on it. You said that when you did try paid on TikTok, it actually negatively affected your organic scale, which I, I, I feel like that's counterintuitive. Like I always felt like with Facebook back in the day, for instance, like you'd get more organic scale if you were also spending, but you actually found it had a negative impact, like a significant one. Yeah, I think our weekly organic views dropped to almost like a quarter of what I can get consistently and it capped my organic reach. I don't know if it's um, different now, but at this point, I'm not I'm not using TikTok ads. Um, but it was something that I noticed and we tried it. You know, CPMs were really, really cheap on TikTok. Conversions weren't great. And we actually do better with you know, just turning it off. And and Facebook ads the same? Or have you have you tested on the Facebook side as well? We always have some Facebook ads running. Uh, CPMs are really high on Facebook. It's still something where we're doing like that very traditional testing process. We haven't quite nailed it quite yet, um, but I'm hopeful that we can get performance uh, a little bit better on Facebook. If we gave you fifty thousand uh, dollars to put into Euphoria right now, where would you put those funds? I think if we do something a little bit more experimental, I would, you know, allocate a budget, a, a piece of that into um, Facebook ads just to keep that on. But I would try to do very experimental things. Um, maybe put it actually on Amazon, to be honest. I haven't scaled Amazon. I've not, I haven't actually run ads on Amazon, but it's where I would love to experiment with. Yeah. What's holding you back on Amazon now? Is it the, is, is have you, do you have the supply chain? Like, what is the supply chain is the broader question. What's the supply chain like for, is it, is it a, a real logistics challenge to manage? Um, and has it been disrupted over the last little while in any way? I'm sure there it has been. I mean, the boats, they just don't get checked in through the ports as quickly as things used to be. So I like to order um, for, you know, I like to keep our inventory levels high so that we don't have to run into these crazy processes. But for Amazon, um, the challenge for us has been like just checking in our inventory. It was like that December time frame for Amazon. It was really tough. I'm hoping that in January, February, it just is a smoother process. Um, it, we haven't had the inventory levels where we can really run and scale ads and see to see what, what that would be like. So we've talked a ton about the front end and you're, you have this uh, you know very unique approach of anyone I've talked to um, for for driving the top end of the business. What are, where are you focused on the back end in terms of things like email and SMS? Are you are you running those? Yeah, our email list is actually pretty engaged. I think 
I was looking at our open rates for a recent email campaign, and it was like 40%. But what's interesting is for our customer base, they just kind of go direct on the website. They know what's going on through our socials. They don't get all of their news and alerts from our emails or SMS. It's like an ancillary channel. They find most of our information through socials, and then they might read an email kind of like as a announcement, but they end up just going direct on website. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd want to talk about your uh, entrepreneurial journey so far? I think like my journey has been a little bit interesting just because I felt like I got forced into this, not forced into this, but I, I felt like COVID really just propelled me to to do this because I was I had nothing to do. I was in Asia, didn't mean to be there, and I got stuck there for a year. So the way that we did a lot of things was I didn't even tell anyone I started the business. I just was like, let's just Google things. I'm not in a country that I normally am in. I didn't even tell my mom or dad that I was starting a business. And it was just like, I don't know. A lot of the things that I think we did for Euthoria, I don't know that I would do that with the the foresight of having been um, running this for almost a year now. But it kind of did work out for us. Um, of A very early thing I did was I tested out all of our products by sleeping in it, but I also made my husband do that too. Not that um, I think, you know, a lot of people will repeat that, but it was just like, what, you know, who, who else can test my products uh, for me? Yeah. What if you have unique skin or whatever? You, you need to test it among multiple people. Yeah, and yeah, during sure. COVID, like, we really just didn't – I didn't. I couldn't see people. So that was a very unique uh, thing that we started, and now it's a big part of our process. Uh, well, I'm super excited to follow your journey here. I can't wait to hear how this product launch goes and uh, and who else uh, is lucky enough to join this, uh, this awesome enterprise. So good luck with everything, and thanks for coming on the D2C podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.